Hello and welcome to episode seven of Whose Team Is It Anyway, our podcast where we go through with a special guest every week-ish and uh, decide on the world's best 11. Uh, before I get to our guests, uh, first of all, I'd like to introduce my co-hosts. First of all, Scott, how you doing, mate? Hi, Andrew, all good, mate. Yourself? Uh, yeah, pleasant, you know, okay. Got the competitive hat on tonight because it's a day I'm against. <laughs> well, there it is. Uh, my other co-host, Iddy. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, I'm not quite so sure Scott needs his competitive hat on because I did just drop my headphones and microphone just before you uh, came across to me. So I don't think I'm on top of my game this evening. So you're not quite uh, fired up and ready to go? <laughs> I'll give him my best shot. As long as there's no Suarez in there, I'll be happy. Well, I could tell you, but that'd be spoiling it, wouldn't it? Uh, OK, well, without further ado... Uh, let's meet our guest. Uh, yes, uh, joining us uh, this week is Tom McVeigh, uh, who will be familiar to you if you've listened to our Rangers podcasts on the fourth official. Tom, how you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you, Andrew. Hi, guys. How are we all? Hi, Tom. All good, mate. Evening, Tom. I'm good, thanks. I've picked, a, I've picked a good team for us tonight, so uh, let's see how we get on. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to diving into this, Tom. This is uh, this has got some, I think, some new choices, some familiar faces. Um, and yeah, Tom's gone above and beyond here as well. Um, typically, we surprise our guests by asking them to pick a manager. Uh, Tom's gone ahead and picked a, a manager as well as uh, his subs bench as well. So uh, very excited for it. Um, but as always, we're going to start off with the goalkeeper. Uh, Tom's gone for a 4-4-2. Well, I think this midfield's pretty mobile. Um, but before we get to that, deal with the keeper. Uh, so this... Uh, oh, and sorry, before I get ahead of myself, I'd like to tell you the unique thing about Tom's first 11. All of his players um, will have had to have played in both uh, the EPL or Division 1, if we're going that far back, and Serie A. So you're looking for someone who's Ooh. played in Italian and English football. So up first, the keeper. Uh, this guy um, has played 130 times for his national team, although never scored a goal. Um, played for Fulham and three other teams, which I'm not going to name right here and now. Uh, Scott, you're up first. Did you say it was played 130 for his international side? I really wish he hadn't won this flip. He played <laughs> for Fulham. Um, now, you would think that he just went straight for Ajax, but I'm sure he had a spell at Juventus. So I'm going to say former Manchester United keeper Edwin van der Sar. Uh, Tom, can you confirm if Scott's got that one right? Uh, Scott has indeed got that one right. It is Edwin van der Sar. Alrighty, Tom. So, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about why you uh, landed on Van der Sar for your keeper here, mate. One of the main ones was remembering, remembering playing for Man United and also going back to '94 when he played in he played in Gulf Riots against Rangers and when we got schooled by them twice. So I always remembered him from there. Sort of, you know, followed followed him from there. So it seemed like the the best keeper I could have I could have picked. No, it's, a, it's a good choice, and I, I don't think it's one we've had uh, previously either. Um, Scott, what are your thoughts about uh, this pick? 
Yeah, I, I usually give the goalies tuppence worth on these things. Van der Sar is one of my favourite keepers of all time. Absolutely love the guy. Um, I don't want to belittle his achievement. Obviously, won Champions League with Ajax, um, but he's one of these keepers that's a great example of the, the he's got the longevity to his game and he blossomed. It, I think he's the best years of his career were at Man United as well. I thought he was just an absolute stalwart at the back. Safe pair of hands, very commanding in his area. For a, a very reserved man, when you see him, and he's very quiet spoken in interviews and stuff like that. But he was in charge of his box. Brave keeper, that athleticism, good agility, great distrib- great distribution. Um, no, I'm really surprised it's the first time I've seen him in here. But no, absolutely spot on pick, Tom. I love that. Yeah, I mean, if you want an example of his longevity, he won the best European goalkeeper in both 1995 as well as 2009. So that kind of gives an indication of how long he was uh, kicking about at the top of his game. Uh, Indy, how about you? What are your thoughts? I, I love the pick. Um, one of the first games I ever remember watching that wasn't a Rangers game was the 95 Champions League final that Ajax won against Milan. Um, so pretty much all the Ajax players from that team kind of had a special place for me just as general players um, like to follow them throughout their career. And Van de Zaar, I thought for someone who broke into a Champions League winning team at such a young age for a goalie and then went on to Juventus, when he went to Fulham, I found that really odd. Um, I remember thinking that he was so good and to end up playing at such a random mid-table, lower lower end of the table team in England just seemed odd. So when he did eventually go to Man United, it was like, yeah, there we go. He's back at kind of the level he should be playing at. Brilliant goalie. Like, he just seemed huge as well. I'm not even sure if he was actually that tall, but when he was playing, he just seemed so big. And as Scott said, great distribution as well. So, yeah, I think he's a, a really good choice and one we haven't had before, which is quite surprising. So, yeah, um, nice to get started with a new player. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, six foot six, so uh, not a short guy. And uh, he was at Man U 2005 to 2011, so that's um, pretty primo years for for them. Um, and yeah, also the oldest player to ever win the Premier League. Um, won that at the age of 40 years and 205 days. So yeah, again, longevity. Um, you know the the scale of his career, how much he's won. Um, yeah, Tom. Great pick and a nice way to get started. Just a wee sidecap on that. He was actually in goals the last time that Ajax won a Champions League or a European Cup. That's ins- it's insane to think they've not won it in that long. You know what I mean? Just a giant of European football. Yeah. I'll, I'll knock, knock my, my loving my Ajax on the head, but it just, <laughs> it's, just, it's just amazing to think it's been 27 years since they've won it. Uh, for, for such a big name, that's, uh, that's a bit of a poor reflection on them. Although their current CEO is uh, one Edwin van der Sar, so, you know, hopefully he can turn things around for them. Uh, all righty. Uh, so, Tom, I'm going to move on to your right back now. Um, this guy played uh, for Barcelona uh, for a couple of seasons. Uh, only made 20 appearances for his national team. Um He's also an Ajax boy as well, um, and he made, I think, combined only 12 appearances in the in both the Premier League as well as uh, Serie A. So, um, you, I think you're squeezing this one a bit, Tom, to uh, to get this guy in here. But um, let's find out if 
Eddie can make the guess here. Um, Barcelona, Ajax. Was it Reisiger? Did he play for Middlesbrough in the Premier League? He's part of that 95 Ajax team. I'm sorry, Eddie, that's not right. I'm going to throw it over to Scott, see if he can get it. I was, I really was thinking Reisiger. Um, nah, because he didn't play in the Premier League, he only managed in the Premier League. I was, and he was more of a centre, right centre back. Um, I was trying to think of Dutch Dutch players in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> um, now nah, I have to concede this one. I don't know either. All righty, Tom. Uh, let's have you right back. Winston Bogard. There we go. Oh, yeah, I never would have guessed him. <laughs> Three appearances for Milan, nine appearances for Chelsea. Um, so second player in, we're already really stretching. Tom's admittedly self-imposed rules here. Um, but yeah, Eddie, what are your views on uh, on Winston here? <laughs> um, yeah, he's a decent player. Not someone I was ever expecting to talk about on this show, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, he had a, a Decent enough career at Ajax. Again, he was he was there during that spell when they were in Champions League finals. Um, I suppose you know what, what can you say? You're, he's a, a guy that's won Champions League at Ajax. He went and played a couple of times for Milan, and then went to Barcelona and Chelsea. So he certainly got pedigree. Um, good player, but I, I'm just I'm I'm quite shocked by the pick. To be honest, it's not who I was expecting. So there's not much more I can say. I'm afraid. Yeah, it's uh, definitely the first appearance uh, for, for Winston here. Um, Scott, how about you? What are your thoughts on him? Um, I remember him vaguely back for the, the Ajax days. Um, I think he was... I, I can't remember him at Chelsea, I'll be totally honest. And I obviously remember him playing for Holland. Uh, I think mostly probably the 98 World Cup, he was part of that side. I didn't genuinely think that he was a, a right-back. Um, so... A solid player, but for me, it's a strange, it's a strange pick. I, I can honestly say I maybe don't know an, an awful lot about him apart from just seeing him sporadically. Um, so I, it was a, it was a tough, tough one to guess that. But um, me and Eddie are just sitting in the background now, googling that Ajax team and seeing who played in Italy and England. I think <laughs> that's that's what we're doing now. That's uh, not a bad strategy, absolutely. Yeah, Tom. Uh, given that. Eddie and Scott uh, kind of scrabbling around for any information about this guy. Uh, why did he make your team, man? Basically, I was struggling to find somebody else, and I couldn't find anybody else to sit in that position without over without balance without um, overbalancing the team. So, and I, as you said, yeah, it, it's a bit bit of a tenuous bit of a tenuous one, but yeah, he was just the, the most suitable from a cast of one that I could have picked, really. When we go through the rest yeah. of the team, I did have another option, but yeah, we'll discuss that later on. No, for sure. Um, well, let's get into your centre-backs then. Um, because, yeah, I think uh, Iddy and uh, Scott are going to be seething over that one for a little bit, which would be fun. I'm just, <laughs> just, just trying to see Winston Bogart as a centre-half now. <laughs> Alrighty, so our next player... Um, 
finished up his career at Qatar, seven appearances, uh, played for Marseille, um, and spell at uh, Al Garaf Doha. Um, guess where? Um, as well as uh, making just over 300 appearances combined for his league, uh, oh, sorry, his Serie A and Premier League teams. Um, made 116 appearances for his country um, and finished playing for them in 2004. Scott, any guesses? See the second clue after the finish after the Qatar but just what was that you broke up a wee bit for me just a second glue I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think of everything else but just in case that helped <laughs> it was Al Garafa Sports Club in Qatar really annoyed because I know this one oh, I've well, known okay. your, I knew your first one and I know this one I just didn't know mine <laughs> all right Scott well, it's pressure The longer you take, the more we'll think you're googling it. I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the era. Do you see any finished up there? Really, there's going to be a do, 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 do. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying you to know, you, you know it's going to kick my ass. I guarantee that I'll fucking guess this, and then the next clue will get I do the second centre back, but I'm going to go for Yapstam. Uh, unfortunately, Scott, that's not the right answer. Iddy, who do you think it is? It's Big Ron Atkinson's favourite, Marcel Desai. <laughs> Tom, can you confirm that? Can correct? we say that? It is Ron Atkinson's favourite, Marcel Desai, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think as long as that's the only reference you make to uh, Ron, then I think that's absolutely fine. Uh, yeah. Tom, uh, talk us through why uh, why Marcel made your pick, mate. Well, he was an absolute rock. Just steady steady at the back. He, he could, you know, he's comfortable on the ball. But, you know, very difficult to get past, and he was you know, a, a brilliant, a brilliant foil as, as a centre half. So I couldn't really see past him, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, made uh, just a, a massive amount of appearances: 137 appearances for AC Milan, 158 for Chelsea, um, and that was Chelsea side from 98 to 2004 as well. So you know, they were uh, they were doing pretty okay then. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's start with Hiddy. What were your thoughts then? Um, and some pick as well, man. Yeah, he's a really good defender. Um, I mean, you don't get that many caps playing for France, do you? If you if you're not fantastic, he's a World Cup winner. He's a European Championship winner. He cheated to win the Champions League in '92, '93. So you know, he's uh, he's certainly got a a trophy collection to represent his ability. Um, I liked him as a defender. I thought he was one of those players that kind of they didn't quite turn Chelsea into that superpower they were in the early 2000s, but it was that kind of transition period from where they were a, yeah, Chelsea are a team kind of team to actually Chelsea are going places. They're starting to bring in some good players, the Desailles, all of that kind of timeline. Um, I, I think he's a, a really good pick given the limitations you've put on your squad here um, and another brand new name to talk about. So, we always welcome that. So, yep, I like the pick. Absolutely, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, picked up an FA Cup, an FA Charity Shield and a UEFA Super Cup with Chelsea, which is uh, a weird collection of, uh, of medals to walk away from them from. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, obviously very prolific for his national team as well. Three goals as well. Um, yeah, Scott, how about you, mate? Um, yeah, I, I love the I love the pick. Um, I remember him from the uh, Calcio d'Italiano, the fucking football gazette, gazette of football Italia. I remember watching him for that Milan side, and uh, I think latterly probably coming in just as a I sort of, as as, as Berezi was phasing out his career, but to have that amount of appearances for that Milan side as well, and obviously won the the European Cup with Milan. Uh, just a, a brilliant player. I, again, I, I agree with what Eddie said that he was like he came into that Chelsea side that it was before the investment, but at the same time they were they were pushing. I mean, they were getting FA Cups and I, th- I think they won the Cup Winners Cup, didn't they? they uh, during that period, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. about finishing. So, um, no, that was when Chelsea were starting to do things. So I agree with what Eddie says. Yeah, part of a team team and just a, a solid player. Um, interesting one though, Andrew. I know you're the research man. Is, albeit his first one was in dodgy appeal, is Marcel Desai the only person to win back-to-back Champions Leagues with different clubs? Um, I know yeah, there's man. players that have won it with different clubs. Or I think there's was it one player's won it with three clubs, but to win back-to-back with different clubs? It's possible, yeah. It's certainly the first one I can recall uh, seeing when we've uh, gone through the teams here. Um, yeah, 1993 with Marseille and then 93-94 with Milan. Um you know, I don't think you accidentally do that, right? Um, and then, yeah, uh, his international stats as well, winning the World Cup in 98 and then the Euros in 2000. So, you know, he's been, certainly been involved in some winning there, uh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, Tom, final thoughts? Um, yeah, as I said, he was, he was a unit, absolutely solid, just what, what you needed at the back. Scott, did you ask, was he the first player to do that, or is he the only player to do it? Was he the only player to do it? Did Paolo Sosa not do it? Won it with Juve and Dortmund, did he? Back to back, possibly. Possibly, 96 and then 97. Yeah. Uh, that would still be after um, oh no right, no, right. So he, he was maybe the well he would have been the first to do it with Champions League because right. there was no other player that won. Marcy won the first Champions League allegedly um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I'm not better um, just for the viewers <laughs> we're, we're going to break the fourth wall here I put a message to Eddie in the chat um, about this next pick <laughs> yeah this is going to be fun <laughs> not, not, not going to get anyone upset at all um so, Tom's next centre-back um, played for <laughs> uh, PSV Eindhoven, Milan, made 67 appearances for his national team, scored three goals. I am not going to get cocky because that has bit me in the bum far too many times. But just because of the way the conversation has gone, I'm going to guess Yapstam. Fuck off. <laughs> Tom, uh, would you like to confirm or deny if that's the answer? I'm afraid it is Yapstam. Excuse me, guys, I'm going home. Scott guessed who this was going to be five minutes ago, and I've just been giggling to myself the entire time, so it's been lovely. Uh, Yeah, Tom, talk us through uh, why Yapstam made your uh, major team here, mate. Yeah, he just looks like a centre-half. You know, the first one is commanding, he's... Is the man you look to 
you know, when when I, I remember Tomley at Man United and, and Ajax, he was just he was top. He was just it was just the, the man you would look to as a, as a centre as a centre half. So that was kind of just the main reason I went for him. Yeah, it's not the first time he's been featured here. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think it's a great pick. We've discussed him, I think, at length because he's come up a few times. Um, but yeah, Scott, what are your thoughts on Yapstam? <laughs> Sorry, currently I'm doing my noose Um Oh, listen, I fucking love Yapstam. Absolute nutter. Hard as nails, great passer of ball, brave, great in the air. I know I've discussed him at length a few times. I, I love when he comes up. Um, I'm not sure if I said before, I remember it was one of the, the school trips he went on and we'd done a tour at Old Trafford. And uh, the guy there, we were all asking him, saying, who's your favourite player? We were expecting, that's, that's a long time ago, we were expecting to hear Cantona, or maybe not Cantona, sorry, but expecting to hear you know, the usuals, the gigsies and the, the Dwight Yorks or whatever and all that. And he just went, yaps down. I was like, oh. Um, and definitely like, just... A prolific player, man. I mean, he, just his record speaks for itself. I mean, it's a shame he didn't win much with Holland. Obviously, He's, I mean, they, that 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 Dutch side really should have won something. Um, but no, I'm just bitterly seething because I guessed it on the last one, and I knew he was going to be in there. See, sometimes it's just better to stay quiet, stuff. You know, just let let the chips fall where they may. Let Eddie try and guess it rather than giving him the answer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as we said, Yapstan's come up here a few times before. Um, it was probably a stat I've mentioned before, but was in the Premier League Team of the Year three years in a row, 98 through to uh, the 2000 season. Um, but yeah, Eddie, your thoughts? Yeah, I love Yapstan as well. He was an absolute brilliant defender. He had pretty much everything you're looking for in your centre-back. He's his positioning was brilliant. He had really good recovery pace. Um, was great in the tackle. Big and strong. You know, could hold the, uh, hold the attackers off. But also was good when he got forward as well. He was he was good at getting on the end of crosses and getting you a goal from a corner. Um, I mean, he's had a couple of goals that were volleys as well from across. One for Holland that I can remember. Um, so he pretty much was everything you're looking for in a defender, and that's why. He, you end up playing at a team like Man United and then going on and playing at a team like Milan as well. Did he play for Lazio too? Yeah, went to, right? yeah, went to Lazio from Man U, which um, Ferguson later said was a mistake. Um, yeah, uh, come back right. off uh, an Achilles injury and uh, Ferguson reckoned he'd lost a bit of speed, but then he, you know, was still, you know, pulling up trees at Ajax five years later. So, you know, perhaps it was a mistake. Yeah, just a phenomenal defender. The kind of guy who, if you can get him in your lineup, you're going to try and get him in, aren't you? Um, so, yeah, fantastic pick. His managerial career's not been so good, though. I remember him. Did he not shite it between games and resign between our first game? I, finer than his the second one. I, I'm yeah. not so sure if he uh, shited as in or more. They were actually just doing rubbish and he was kind of told to leave with his head. Slightly less lower. He's just sitting in his house screaming Shea Ojo in his nightmares. <laughs> Although he did uh, succeed Rangers' current manager um, to become finals man- uh, manager. So, you know. So and was succeeded by Rangers' former manager, wasn't he? Did uh, <laughs> Dick Advocate not overtake, take over after him? Oh, he might well have done, yeah. He did, actually. 
Muscle, 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 publish that, guys. I like that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, let's uh, let's move on to uh, Tom's left back choice here now. Um, Scott, this is your guess, so I'm going to be nice to you because I know you're still mildly upset about the, uh, the last round. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe I won't be that easy on you then. Uh, 107 appearances for his national team, and um, he's actually fairly prolific. Made 89 appearances for LA Galaxy, and that's all I'm going to give you, Scott. Ah, see, you've made it too obvious there. <laughs> well, let's find out. Hold on. <laughs> oh, come on! I knew it was before he even gave the clue. <laughs> I think, I think, listen, I think I know who it was. <laughs> I'm just not wanting to stutter in my head here. Hold on. I, I had I had, I had, had one because I was sitting going, I, uh, I still work in the Premier League and then I went to play in Serie A and I'm just like, hold on. And then when they said LA Galaxy, I was like, you bastard. I was just like, oh, God. Right, I mean, see, right, see if I say my names, see if I say my names and I pick one. You're not going to say it. You're not going to pick me. In the, I need to pick one, right? You can't just judge me by saying you said that first, right? Well, no, Scott. You can't just name, like, five left-backs and say... It's no, no, it's no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll just say, like, I thought at the start of it, when I was, when I was hearing it, it was England and Serie A, right? I just give us your, your final guess first, Scott. Ashley Cole. Yes, it's Ashley Cole. Well, Sorry, Tom, Tom your accent has changed on me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ashley Cole. There we go, Scott. See, Thanks for confirming, Eddie. Change. Your accent has changed as well. <laughs> you don't need to confirm it, you know, it's all fine. Uh, yeah, Tom, uh, your thoughts then on uh, why Ashley Cole made your team? Just a, a fantastic left back. You know, um, I bought, bought one of the probably one of the first ball carrying left backs I can remember. Seeing that in you know in in modern football, you know he, he, cro- he crossed he crossed the divide from from Arsenal to Chelsea for for for, the, for money similar similar to to Saul Campbell with the, going from Spurs, but um he was comfortable on the ball you know not afraid to take a man on pace to burn you know the you know early to mid stage of his career, it was it was just all round a good defender. I mean obviously moral choices aren't the best you know leaving Cheryl Cole but you know that's what, what can we say. <laughs> Well, you know, we can't, you know, really take into account his judgment off the pitch. Um, we can only really judge him on what he's done on the park. But um, yeah, it's not the first time he's come up uh, in uh, in these team choices. Uh, but yeah, Scott, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you get into uh, Ashley Cole first. Is that the right way to phrase that? I don't know. I'm just going to go with it. Well, I think there's plenty more getting into him before me. But um, like I said, we spoke about Ashley Cole before. Now, initially, I was thinking until you said LA Galaxy, I was ready to go with Patrice Evra. Um, and I don't know what it is. I, I understand. Listen, Ashley Cole was a he's one of the modern fullbacks, great carrying the ball, prolific, great end product as in delivering balls. Um, no bad with a set piece uh, or delivery anyway. Wasn't much of a shot taker, but got him down that wing. Uh, done his defensive duties as well as going forward. So no much more we can say about him. I was just I was maybe I don't know what it is about me, but I've just got something I just preferred Evra. And I'm not sure whether that's subconsciously down to the off-field antics or not, but there was always just something about Ashley Cole. I just didn't really like him as a I didn't really like him as a guy. I'm not saying I didn't, I didn't think he was a good player, but I just 
even on on the park, I just didn't like him. So, uh, great great player, but and a great pick, but he wouldn't have made my team. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's part of that Invincibles team for Arsenal. Um, he's uh, played already three years in a row again, um, while he's still with Arsenal. And you could argue, you know, he's already been wildly successful there, but then he moves to Chelsea and is pretty successful there as well. This is 2006 to 2014. He's at Chelsea where they go on and pick up, you know, seven different, um, you know, more than seven different trophies. You know, they pick up a whole mess of them. Um, Cole's also won the FA Cup more than any other player in history. Um, so, you know, he's got he's got that going for him as well. But, Iddy, what are your thoughts on, uh, on Ashley Cole? Look, I waxed lyrical about him the first time he came up when Davy Edgar picked him, and then again when Martindale picked him. I'm not waxing lyrical about this man for a third time because, as I've pointed out every time, he broke my heart when he took Cheryl Cole off the market, and then he broke her heart on top of that. So I'm not giving him any more credit. Well, I think that's fair, really. You know, let's not let's not dwell on past pains for much longer. Um, yes, let's move on to uh, Tom's midfield now. Um, the the four players you've got here, Tom, I'm going to read them off in the order that you've sent them to me. I'm not necessarily sure if you've got wingers here or if we're playing with a fairly fluid uh, midfield, um, but I'm going to just read them out in the order that you've sent them to me in. All right? Yep, that works for me. All righty. Yep. So that that should give you guys an idea. Don't think I'm picking a left, um, a, you know, a right-sided midfielder and a left-sided midfielder That's- or anything like that. <laughs> Your clue is that it could be anyone and we're not getting a positional hint. Cheers. No, no. What I'm, what I'm saying <laughs> is I'm going to get on to the actual individual player clues. Just don't assume that the first one's going to be a right midfielder and then the next two are central midfielders and the last one's a left midfielder. Because I think these lads can probably play anywhere in the midfield at least. Probably elsewhere as well. Because they're pretty good. Because it's the world's best 11. Um, so first up... Uh, a player who made 82 appearances for his national team, scored 21 goals, um, played for Copenhagen and Bayern Munich, as well as a good number of other teams. Uh, Idi, you're up first with a guess, mate. Yes, and you do well to say that word there, Scott. It is, of course, <laughs> God himself, Brian Laudrup. No objections. Uh, Tom, Tom, can you confirm or deny that that's the case? It is indeed God. God himself, Mr. Laudrup. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't think we're going to need, you know, to do too much convincing with Scott and Iddy as to why he makes the world's best 11. But, uh, yeah, Tom, talk us through uh, why you decided to include him, mate. Albeit he didn't have the greatest time at Chelsea. And, you know, I'm, I'm slightly biased by, by his time at Rangers. There is no one of the, it's one of the best midfielders I've I've ever seen, and I couldn't not pick him. I don't, you know I couldn't justify not selecting him in the, in this team. He, you know he can he can pretty can play anywhere across that midfield and, and forward line to be honest. So he, he had to be in there. Yeah, I mean we're obviously not going to argue too heavily against this, but uh, Idi, I'm going to let you uh, wax lyrical about God Himself first. Yeah, there couldn't be a better pick in any team ever made. Brian Laudrup is the the player who I, when I liked football and I, I loved watching Rangers, he just made me fall in love with watching somebody play football because he was just unbelievable. The things he could do with a ball when he first came to Rangers was just unheard of for us. 
it, it was almost like he just glided along the pitch. He wasn't even running. He just got that ball, and where he wanted to go, he went, and the ball just stuck to him as, as he went there. It was unreal. Um, I, I don't think there's ever been a better player to play in Scotland, to be honest. I know we've had players that have come through and maybe has achieved more in their career, but for just sheer ability, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it, it, it's very kind of well known that he is part of that uh, big family uh, name, the Loudrups. Michael Loudrup, his brother, obviously was absolutely fantastic as well. But Brian did it for um, not only for Rangers, but for Denmark as well. And I know Sasa didn't want to hear about 92, uh, Euro 92 again, but, you know, you've got to mention it. Brian Laudrup was the superstar of that team. And to win a European Championship for a country like Denmark is a huge achievement. Um, he, the clubs that he's played for are huge. Granted, he didn't always have the best of times at them, but, you know, won a Champions League at AC Milan and played for Bayern Munich, went to Chelsea. When, I think when he went to Chelsea, that was one of the first real kind of big, big free transfers. Definitely one of the biggest ones that I could think of at the time. And I remember thinking that he was going to go down there and just absolutely tear it up. Obviously, things didn't quite go as well as he'd hoped, but um, he still had a, a fairly decent time there, I guess. Um, and then ended up at Ajax and got to play alongside his brother at Ajax. And just an absolute joy to watch. Um, and, you know, I wish he could have played forever, to be honest. I would have loved to have seen him stay at Rangers forever. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his career stats, and to be honest, after he leaves Rangers, I think he just about makes 50 appearances in total um, while he's still playing there, at least um, at club level. Um, what was he about 168 or something, was it? 116 appearances for Rangers, um, according to Wikipedia, which is obviously flawless and has never steered me wrong so far. Is that not only taking league games? So on Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seven appearances for Chelsea, 12 appearances for Copenhagen, and then 31 for Ajax. So not not a massive uh, career after he's left uh, Rangers, which obviously, how could they be, right? Um, but yeah, Scott, how about you? Uh, your thoughts on uh, Sir Brian of Laudrup? I love him, and I still love him, and I miss him every day. And He's the greatest player I've ever seen play. I don't give a fuck when people talk about any of the world, world superstars and your Ballon d'Or winners and that is the greatest. It was a joy to watch week in, week out. I was lucky to have a season ticket all the years he played for Rangers. Um, and I just wish I could relive the years. He was the greatest player I've ever seen. Single-handedly could beat <laughs> beat anybody, you know what I mean? You just, you, as soon as he got the ball, you, you have to imagine the team talking. Imagine that some of the great players we had and the teams that he played in. The team talk must have been just get the body of Brian. Like, you know what I mean? He was just. He I, I was, think that's been confirmed as the team talking <laughs> the game games. It's just, it's just that it was just that good. Um, I it just is is every woman wanted him, every guy wanted to be him. He was just he was the greatest player. My, my, my father had uh, he he's seen Baxter play for Rangers. He's seen David Cooper. Seen Gascoigne. Obviously seen Roger. And he hands down says, I've never seen a better player play in Scotland than, than Brian Laudrup. So for me, I've I've yet to see him surpass him. I know I've got my wee cult heroes and my, my wee romance moments with players that, that you just you just fall in love with and you take to, but in terms of ability and skill and watching that week in, week out, nobody will in my opinion, I don't think we'll ever see the likes of Brian Laudrup in Scotland again. 
I've got a Ferris wheel photo album type thing on my desk at work, and it's got a picture of me, my son, and my cousin at my son's first game at Ibrox. Um, me, my wife, my kids at my daughter's christening, one of my gran and my son, um, one of my two kids together, and one of Brian Loudrup celebrating the nine in a row goal. Well, yeah, no, it makes sense that you've got the most important people in your life. Um, and then, you know, your family as well, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> I was shitting myself that it was going to be a 42 seat and he was going to tell us Brian Lodge up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me count all the photos. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, like I said at the start here, Tom, you're not going to get an argument from us that uh, Brian Loudrup doesn't deserve to be in here. Um, still looking great as well. Um, I've seen him play in a couple of Legends games as well. And um, even in those, it, it, I think the, the general rule of thumb is still give the ball to Brian because he's been a genius and continues to be a genius for the ball at his feet. So, um, so yeah, absolutely great pick. Yeah, he, he just exudes cool. Even even nowadays, I say, see, you see him at the Legends game. Yeah, he's just he's just Brian. So you think now he's in his fifties, and you're sort of like, I, I wish I could look like in my fifties as well. And you're like, I wish I could look like in my fucking twenties. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like dapper, handsome bugger that he is. Quiet, quiet. Uh, alrighty, we're gonna move on to uh, kind of the central midfield here, Tom. Ish. Um, this player made 57 appearances for his national team, 10 goals, um, played for, <laughs> I've given one of these clues before and it was a bastard, um, so I'm not going to do that. Um, actually, no, I am. Fuck it. Um, played four times for Boston United to round out his career. <laughs> Scott, it's your guess, mate. Boston United, fucking seriously? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bullshit, man. Come on. <laughs> Scott, you know this one. I've got faith in you. I know, but there's two that I'm thinking is between and I'm sitting going, nah. <clears throat> it's the obvious one. I know, but did I not go for the obvious one the last time and it kicked me in the balls? So. <laughs> well, you know, Luis Suarez has never done anything bad to Eddie, so surely this <laughs> could do anything bad to you, mate. So, by logic, Luis Suarez is going to come up as a striker if I say Paul Gascoigne. Tom, could you confirm if Scott's guess is accurate here? He certainly is correct, yes. It is Gaza himself. Alrighty. So, similar to Brian, probably not going to get too much argument from us, but yeah, why did uh, Gaza make your team, mate? Mercurial. Simple as that. You know, um, he was just Gaza. You're leave, leaving the off, leaving the, the you know the well publicised off off the field behaviours. The guy was just he was born to play football. He was just you know give him a ball and he was happy. Give him, you give him a ball, we were happy to watch him as well. He was yeah again I just couldn't I couldn't see past him. With some of you know some of the great players have done you know England and Italy, but I just couldn't I couldn't not see past Gascoigne. Probably one of the most gifted footballers of his generation. Yeah, it's not the first time he's come up um, when we've been doing this pod. And uh, yeah, he's, um, you know, off-field off stuff aside, just purely focusing on the on-field stuff, um, different different gravy. Um, and the fact that we had him and Loudrum at the same team at the same time is still a miracle to me. Um, but yeah, uh, Scott, let's uh, let's go over your thoughts about Paul Gascoigne first. 
I'm definitely glad it was him this time. Um, yeah, nah, love Gaza. Um, I'm loving this team, Tom, in general, and the fact that what Andrew just said there is the fact that we've got Gaza and God in the same team again. It's like I'm finding it tough to beat. Um, it's just against reminiscing of what you watched week in, week out. I think Gaza... I need to be careful how I say this. I don't think he ever lived up to what he could have been, even though he was still one of the greatest that we've ever seen. Um, I think when you look at the, the list of England's greatest players, I think he certainly has to be up there. But Gaza probably could have been one of the world's best. Um, I don't know how MDLs feels about that, but I mean, I reckon when you talk about Gascoigne, there's a potential you could have been talking about the Maradonas of this world and the Pelés and the George Bests and. Very similar player to George Best, I know his, his off-field antics hampered him um, to that extent. And for me as well, I think he was a very, I know they played different positions, a very similar player to George Best when you look at the balance that they had. It didn't matter what happened, somebody pulling them back, sliding in, kicking their legs. It, it just seemed to keep going and I, I, you don't see that in modern football anymore. Everything's now is just tip-tap, ticky-tack a passing, you know what I mean? It's... It's a beautiful thing to just watch a player running and beat a man and beat another man. And you know, in terms of solo goals, I mean, tell me very many that are ever better than that Aberdeen goal. Uh, the third one, obviously, but just I absolute genius. I still, I still maintain, had he gone to Man United to, to, under Ferguson instead of Spurs, he would have been spoken about in the same in the same breath as Maradona. I, he was that good. And I, I think agree he with needed that. that control. I, th- I think that's the thing as well. I think Walter was like a father to him. Walter controlled. Listen, you can't you can't always control people, and you know Gaza was a wind up merchant, and you love hearing the stories, and you love to get minded minded on the like the dad's doorstep challenge, and just it, there was a, there was a light in him that just you don't have that nowadays. There's no these characters in football, but I think the fact that you had somebody there that was like a father figure that guided him and maybe gave him the wee kick up the arse when he needed it and you know he'd react to it jokingly but he would take it to heart and I think the only other person that could have maybe got that out of Gaza would be Fergie so I agree with you completely Tom Yeah Eddie um, let's go over your thoughts on Gaza as well but um, I'm going to assume you're not going to try and kick him out of this team No I'm definitely not going to try and kick him out of the team I I think his Gaza's tale is a bit of a tragic one, to be honest with you, in that he was probably England's best ever midfielder, argument for probably best ever player, but if he'd had that kind of little bit more control in his life, and like the lad said, if if he'd perhaps gone to Man United at that point when he left Newcastle instead of Spurs, he could have ended up being the world's best midfielder and world's best ever player. He was just that naturally talented. Um, one of those players that we, we've kind of spoke in a similar vein that Ledley Kling didn't need to practice, like he didn't need to train, he'd go out on the pitch for a different reason. Gaza almost didn't really practice, he was always up to a prank or he was out partying or he, he didn't go to training um, or he would turn up to training hangover, but still would get out on that pitch and just be absolutely phenomenal regardless of what condition he was in from the night before or what else was going on in his mind when he got out on that pitch he was just 
unplayable. Love to tackle, wasn't very good at it. Um, <laughs> Love to have a joke on the pitch as well. Did um, you ever see the clip you know, of him when uh, David Ginola went to his first day at Everton training? <laughs> Gaz, uh, Gaz, no, reminders. Gaza puts the long wig on and just starts jogging next to me. Oh, yes. <laughs> bonsoir, bonsoir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he—he just—he's someone who remembered that playing football was supposed to be fun. Remembered what it was like to be a child. And when he got out on that pitch, he, he let his inner child out again and just had fun playing and didn't take himself too serious. And yeah, unfortunately, that meant that he didn't perhaps hit the heights that he was destined to. But at the same time, you know, he had fun and he enjoyed it, and that's what it's about, really, is what he was able to get out of his career. And I, I don't think you're going to find a, a better midfielder to pick into a team. So, brilliant pick. Can we also say, have you ever seen him, just, just what you said there, Eddie, have you ever seen him look so happy playing? I mean, I, I think that's... The only other one I can think of is Ronaldinho. That's exactly who I was going to say there, Eddie. Um, yeah. Not Sakala. <laughs> Maybe fashion Sakala as well. I, I, th- I think the fact that when when he, when the game got away from him and he was having to retire, I think that was what what was maybe part of part of his subsequent downfall and has led to some of the problems that he's had. Yeah. Is that he never had that joy and that that love that he could focus on, and it's it's such a shame he's never went into coaching. Um, no saying that what he had you can teach, but he he did try, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't for him. No. Yeah, but nah, just you, you can't know love the guy. Um, nah, great pack, Tom. Nah, great stuff. Cheers. Um, yeah. Sorry, Tom. So cheers. Yeah. See, um, he he, made, he 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 played football with a smile on his face, and you know he put a smile on our face watching him. So, what else is it to say? No, absolutely, Tom. Uh, great pick. It's not the first time he's come up, but um, you know, always a pleasure to talk about Gaza when he uh, when he comes up in this. Uh, but let's move on to your next uh, player in the midfield here. Um, this player made 189 appearances for his national team, scored 117 goals as well. Um, played for Sporting CP. And uh, a few other teams in there as well, but I'll leave that for Iddy to guess. With that number of caps and goals, I'm fairly certain it can only be Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, I was actually expecting him to come up as one of your forwards, so if it isn't him, then I can almost understand. But with that number of caps and goals, that's the only one I can think of. Tom, can you confirm or deny? It most certainly is Cristiano Ronaldo, yes. This is a very, very fluid midfield. <laughs> Quite. Uh, yeah, Tom, talk us through... Uh, well, it's not like we, you need to justify Ronaldo too hard here, but, you know, give it a go anyway. No, exactly. Um, he's a bit different to Gascoigne in that he doesn't, he doesn't seem to play football with a smile on his face. You know, he's a very, very focused individual, very driven to get to the top of his game, and he has achieved that. You know, the fact that you know, we, we've been able to watch him and Messi in our lifetimes as one of the, you know, one and two or two and one, depending on depending on your viewpoint as to who's the best in the world. We, we've been so fortunate, and I could again, I couldn't not select him. You know, he's been at the t- he's he's won things at Juventus, Man United, Real Madrid. He's won he's been won things. He's been consistent at every club he's been at. So yeah, he he was a shoe in. 
Yeah, it's a rare player who's got four Champions League medals, but, you know, he does. So um, I think his quality can be argued with. Um, but yeah, Eddie, uh, talk us through uh, Ronaldo. Do you think it's a good pick or...? Yeah, you're never going to rule out Ronaldo in one of these teams, are you? The guy's had an absolutely phenomenal career and we've been very fortunate, as Tom said, to see him and Messi playing at the same time. Um, different to, to Gaza, um, as we as Tom kind of hinted at there, like we said, Gaza was, you know, all the natural ability in the world, um, but was more interested in having fun and enjoying his football. Ronaldo has loads of ability. I'm not trying to say he doesn't, but wasn't as naturally talented as a Gaza or a Messi, but knew that he could unlock that potential. And his focus and his goal wasn't so much to go out and have fun, although I'm sure he does have fun when, he, when he's scoring and winning, but his, his focus was to be the best. And he put everything he had into becoming the best. And um, I think it's hard to argue against him being the best of certainly of his generation he's done it in every country that he's been at he was at the top of the world with man united went to real madrid won numerous champions leagues with them and won titles with them and then said right i'll go off to italy and do it with juventus and um was a, a massive success for juventus in italy as well so you know he's come back to man united first season wasn't all that he probably hoped it would be, but as I think we've said on this show before, when you're relying on a, was he 37, 38 year old Ronaldo to be your your talisman and your your number one player, then that's perhaps on you rather than him. Although he did a very good job of, you know, getting the best out of that team that he could. I think he will be hoping for a better season with um, new management team in place and a couple of new players coming in, but. He's still at the age that he's at, driving them on, and will be a, a major player for them. And he's he's been brilliant everywhere he's gone. He's led his country to European Championships as well. So, yeah, fantastic player, absolutely stunning career, and there's absolutely no argument for having him in your team. Oh, great stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, what what do you need to say about Ronaldo, right? Um, Scott, tr- try try and think of new things to say about Ronaldo. I mean, that, that's what I was going to say. Um, it, it's difficult when you've got some of these GOAT players that, I mean, you're looking at the greatest, one of the greatest of our generation um, coming in. And it, it's no surprise that they make an appearance. It's just hard finding new things to say about them. Um, so trying to be original, I'll, I agree with what Eddie said in the sense that he knows he's had to work for it. And for me, he's the Michael Jordan of football. He's got that attitude that he just doesn't stop. He, he wants to do everything he can to be better in the park he wants to do everything he can to be the best and to have that determination and motivation born winner I mean you look at the days when sometimes you go oh, I can't be asked going to the gym my train was late or whatever not you know what I mean he, he, he'd be there right now. He, he would never it's, it's no accepting an excuse um, so to try, to try and sort of freshen things up but Gary Neville uh, said the other day he's been keeping it quiet for a wee while he thinks Ten Hag should let him go I know he's only just lately went back to training with the squad. I think he's, I'm not saying he's unhappy at Man United. I think the club currently don't match his ambitions. And as much as a sentimental part of you were sitting going, he's going to go back there and he's going to drag them up that table and they'll, they'll be in the champ. It's no happening for him. And again, I, I still, with the signings that Man United have made this year, I, I think they're going to, I don't think they'll finish top four. I don't, 
I don't think Man United will be getting to the Champions League this year. Um, personally, last year, had we drawn them in Europa League, I would have taken it in a heartbeat because I think we would have beat them last year. Um, I think they should let them go back. And, and I know that there's talk, there was talk of Chelsea, there was talk of Bayern Munich, there was talk of all these teams maybe looking at them. Why does he know maybe try and go back to Sporting Lisbon, win a league title, play Champions League football for another year? You know, I mean, maybe maybe take them to the title. And I mean, I think they're saying this is uh, this is another consecutive season that Sporting Lisbon they've been finishing sort of first, second, third, and always getting in to the Champions League. Um, well, not going to the coefficient argument, but I personally can't see them finishing the season with United this year. So, Tom, let's move on to your, yes, your last midfielder. Um, yes. Again, this is a, um, as you said, a fluid midfield. Um, but uh, we'll try and give uh, Scott a couple of clues anyway. Uh, played twice for Milan. Uh, played a few more times for Inter Milan. And made 107 appearances for his national team. Scott, any thoughts? Twice for Milan, played for Inter Milan, and we already know he played in the Premiership as well. And how, how many for his national team? Uh, 107 appearances for his national team. Mm. Both sides of Milan, Derby midfield. Yeah. Sorry, just uh, mouthing out my thought process here. Uh, I'm struggling with this one, so I'm just going back to my old logic. We had the 95 team and just going to go with Ed- Edgar David. I don't think it's right, but uh, I'm really struggling with that Unfor- one. Unfortunately, it's not. Uh, Idi, any uh, any guesses here? I'm struggling on that one, to be honest. Um. Played for both Milan's in 107 caps, and he's obviously played yeah. in the Premiership. Patrick Vieira. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I think you can confirm that that's correct. That is correct. Yes, Patrick Vieira. Oh, I pulled that out at the last second. There, I was about <laughs> to give you're up. Doing well, then, like, you're doing well, then, mate. You've done well. I'll just go Vieira. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tom, talk us through the inclusion of Vieira. I needed a ball-playing bastard, basically. And Vieira fitted the bill, you know, the, the, the old cliche, an iron fist and a velvet glove. He was fond of a tackle, shall we say. Wasn't 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 afraid to put it about and, and could, could pass the ball and was, you know, was, was comfortable on the ball as well. And, you know, as as a, as Roy Keane is is a is, is testament to. Yeah, he, he was just a, he was a good midfielder for Arsenal. So, yeah, so yeah, again, had had to had to select him. Yeah, I think um, you know the other three midfielders that you've got are probably the ones who are going to be attacking a bit more. Um, although I don't think Patrick was particularly shy on that front, um, but I think he's probably more of a traditional kind of sitting midfielder if you had to have one here. Um, but yeah, Scott, um, I'm going to come to you first to, to let uh, Idi bask in his glory a little bit longer. Uh, right. <laughs> there's, there's, there's two sides to this. One, Patrick Vera, excellent pick. We've spoke about him before. Part of that France team that 
done the 98 and the 2000, part of the Arsenal Invincibles, legend of the game, great passer of the ball, hard bastard, great tackler, never flinched a fight, would always stand up for his teammates, and for me, the arsa, the arse of Arsenal fell out when he left. However, you needed a hard bastard that could play a ball, that played in England and played in Italy, and you didn't pick Graham Souness. Talk me through that. That might be a bit of a spoiler for uh, Tom's managerial <laughs> choice later on, but, you know, we'll see how we go. He was always a player manager. <laughs> uh, in fact, Tom explicitly has laid that out. So, uh, yeah, I think he's uh, he's thought that one through, mate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly that. As soon as was player manager, thought, we don't want to make it too Rangers heavy. <laughs> Sorry to take away from it. Did I get a point for the manager thing, no? <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> I'm struggling here. Idi will kick off if I do. Um, oh, no, I will. So, yeah, Idi, I mean, as Scott said, you know, it's not the first time we've talked about Vieira on this, uh, on this pod, but yeah, your thoughts on him, mate. Yeah, you're right. Not the first time. Um, hopefully, he won't be the last because he's a great player. It's a brilliant pick. If you want to hold a midfielder, then you know it's he's the exact type of old midfielder you want. Never flinched from a tackle. He was also like had this uncanny ability that he didn't even have to go in for a tackle. Sometimes the ball just as the attacker was running past him, the ball just seemed to end up at his feet. Was good going forward once he got the ball. Could pick out a pass. Had a bit of skill about him as well. Didn't always show it, but on occasion he had a, a nice bit of skill about him and could get the finish in there as well. And as Scott said, he never backed down from a fight either, which is what you want. If you, your team get into a bit of bother, you want one of those guys that's going to step up and be one of the first ones running to, to defend his teammates and get in the faces of the opponents. So I think he's a, a great pick. Um, absolutely brilliant career at Arsenal. One of those players that when, when they came in... Um, really changed the face of Arsenal. They'd kind of lost their identity in the mid-90s, I think. And then when Wenger came in and started bringing in players like him in Petit and eventually Henri as well, kind of brought them a new identity alongside their kind of stalwart English back four that they had. Just brought that bit of European um, flair to the team and and made them a really successful team that obviously went on to have that invincible season. So, yeah, a fantastic pick. Um, great for France as well. And then, as you say, played for... Did he play for all three of the teams in the Juventus, Milan and Inter Milan? Is that right? I think there's more than yeah. three, generally. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> the three worth playing for. Um, I, I, love, I, love, I love the bit you... I love the, the mention of Emmanuel Petit. Oh, what a player. <laughs> he was so, the holders of the, one of the greatest songs in history. He's French. He's quick, named after a porno flick. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's another fantastic choice. So uh, Tom's building himself quite the team here. Absolutely. I mean, you know, this is a stat I brought up before about Vieira, but team of the year in the Premier League six years in a row. Um, I think that speaks to his consistency, his quality. Um, what a player. And, uh, yeah, there's some midfield there as well. Um, you know, Ladrup, Gascoigne, Ronaldo and Vieira. And we've not even gotten to the strikers yet. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, looking pretty fun. Um, but, yeah, let's uh, let's pick up your first uh, of your front two here, Tom. Um, 
played for Monaco. And who else do I? I'll say Monaco and Barcelona. And made 123 appearances. Yeah, it's okay. I, I didn't need the extra team. You're fine. All right. Okay. All right. It's, it's, I, I know it sounds cocky, but as soon as you went Monaco, I was like, well, if he's played in um, Italy and England as well, then it has to be Thierry Henry. Yep. I think Tom can confirm that. Yeah. I just can, yeah. <laughs> I think you mentioned him earlier as well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Tom, talk us through uh, Terry Henry. <laughs> yeah. Again, didn't have the greatest time in Italy. You know, that's, that's uh, that goes without saying, but... At Arsenal, he was he was fantastic. You know, going forwards, give him the ball. He, he, he got he got you out your chair. He just you know you give him the ball, you see him running forward with it. People are up, what's he going to do? And he'd normally you know manage the spectacular. So and you money you know when he came back to Arsenal that second time around, you know the the, the stuff the stuff that dreams are made of coming off the bench to, to score in the FA Cup. It was he was just a brilliant player. Yeah, I mean. Pretty much exactly the same as um, as Vieira again was in the Premier League Team of the Year six years in a row, which is outstanding. It was also Players Player of the Year 02, 03, and 03, 04. So, you know, no doubting his quality. But uh, Ibi, um, take a victory lap, and uh, yeah, <laughs> what what are your thoughts on uh, Thierry Henry? Ah, he's brilliant, isn't he? Is he you kind of deny. He was just absolutely classed when he went to Arsenal, and then um, eventually when he went to Barcelona. Tom's right. I think he don't he didn't have the best of times at Juventus, but he was still quite young. He was still finding his way. I think he was kind of more of a left winger when he played for Monaco, and then um, went to Juventus. Did he go to Juventus at the same time as Trezeguet, or did Trezeguet join after? I know they both played together at Monaco, um, but but either way, he was kind of. I think he was still hang out on that left wing and I don't think that was necessarily his best position when he was given a bit more freedom to be that striker and play along kind of anywhere he wanted along that front he developed into the player that we saw um just brilliant pace skill strike um his vision as well was fantastic his movement off the ball was brilliant you know he would be able to lay a pass and then as soon as that he made his pass. He was running into the exact place that he knew the ball was going to be in space, and more times than not, he would end up with him scoring a goal. Um, one of those players that you just, even if you didn't support the team that he played for, you enjoyed watching him play. Even when he went to New York, um, I found myself kind of watching some of the MLS highlights when they were on those random channels like ESPN when that was a Sky Channel and, and stuff like that, just to watch him play um, for Red Bull because. He was just that exciting a player to watch play. Um, really enjoyed seeing him play for both Arsenal and Barcelona, and I think it's a great choice um, by Tom again. He's he's developing one hell of a team, to be fair to him here. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be lacking goals for sure. Um, Scott, how about you? Your thoughts on Thierry Henry? Yeah, yeah one of the best Premier League strikers of all time. Um just supremely ice in the veins, you know what I mean? Just gifted, had the ability to just curl it, the, the composure as well, the ability and the composure just to put it away. Um, you, you lose count of the amount of great goals that he scored and he really, 
he was the, the he was the integral part of that. I know we maybe talk about the likes of Vieira and having the solid back four and uh, obviously Seaman and stuff like that and goals solid keeper, but he if if it wasn't for Henri, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have won the leagues that they did. He was he was Arsene Wenger's golden goose and the best signing that Arsenal have made and probably the um, out with Dennis Bergkamp, then I'd say that Henri's the best signing that Arsenal have made in, in my lifetime anyway. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that he's um, he absolutely merits uh, inclusion here, Tom. Um, not the first time he's come up. Um, I think we've had him as a choice maybe twice so far. Um, so I'm going to ruin my own point here, but that's the first time we've spoke about him and not mentioned that goal for France against the Republic of Ireland. <laughs> True. We can, if you want, Idi, get into that. But, you know. Done now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's been brought up. Um, but, you know, can't can't question his success at the international level there either. So, um, so yeah, um, did the business uh, either the right or the wrong way, you know. Um, but, yeah, Tom, uh, as the guys said, this is a hell of a team that we've got here. And uh, we've got to round it up with your uh, final striker. Um, Scott, I think this is your guess, but unless I make this one worth four points, I don't think you're going to win the uh, the quiz this round. I thought we had subs to play for as well on this one. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> doing that as well. Come on. Plus, I got the manager. <laughs> you don't get a point for that either. <laughs> yeah, Scott's Scott's going to invent like six points here so he can win this thing. Fuck this! I'm driving down to Newcastle. And me and Eddie are going to throw a kettle over a pub. <laughs> and that's a real quiz alright uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you this player this player had played for um, one team in Italy one team in the Premier League and uh, one team who I'll give you which is Ajax do you reckon that's enough Scott? So can, he played for Ajax but He's played for one, then, team, one team in a league, so he's got, got one of one of eighteen and then one of twenty and the Ajax. Yeah, it's fairly vague. What about international appearances here? Seventy-nine appearances for his international team, scoring thirty-seven goals. But yeah, a player who only played for one team in Italy and then only one team in the Premier League, and it was in that order as well. So started at Ajax and then went through to Italy and then to England. That's I think right, right. I'll, I'll, I think I think that's fair, right? Ajax, yeah. Italy, England. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually struggling. I'm definitely throwing in the countdown theme underneath this. <laughs> oh God! Ajax, Italy, England. Nah, I'm really, I'm really struggling with it. I'm really struggling. Uh, I'm just going to stab at it. On this story. I'm sorry, Scott. Um, he didn't play for Ajax. He played for PSV. He was PSV, wasn't he? Aye. I was just trying to think of Dutch players that maybe. Uh, he said he only played for one team in each of the countries. Because initially, initially I was sitting on uh, Ian Rush, that sounds like an international cap for him, but then again, uh, Rush, he plays for Leeds and Newcastle as well. All right, Eddie, you've got a chance to completely right. storm this one. I'm not 
very confident, but I'm going to guess this player just because he was. I loved him when he played for Ajax, um, and I've seen him play in the Premier League, and I think I've been there for every goal he scored for his English team and against his English team, and I think it's Patrick Clivert. Tom, you're going to have to put them out of their misery here, mate. Sassy, you mentioned him earlier. Played with Thierry on Real Arsenal. He went for Inter Milan, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. If I if I tell you he played for Ajax and Inter Milan and Arsenal and no other teams, that that probably gives you a bit of a hint. Or I could if he'd have said if he'd have said Inter, I maybe would have straight down that road. Or I could have just said he was a non-flying Dutchman, but that probably just tells you it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, Tom, he's not he's not you know a stranger around these parts. He's come up before, but yeah, talk us through uh, his inclusion for you, mate. The, the perfect foil for Henri. You know, give him the ball anywhere inside the 18-yard box, and something something would invariably happen. Whether that's for Arsenal, you know, his, his time his time at Holland and for the national team, he was he was phenomenal. As long as you didn't want him to fly anywhere, obviously. But yeah, he was just he was fantastic. And he's one of the players I'd love to have seen him come to come to Rangers. I'd love to see him in a Rangers shirt. Oh, I think he could have done some damage for us, no doubt. Um, although we were pretty stacked around uh well, hell, it depends on what we get him, I suppose. But um yeah, I mean, uh Scott, your thoughts on Dennis Burkamp? I, like I like I said earlier, I was like, apart from apart from maybe Dennis Bergkamp when he was a great sign for me. Bergkamp was a great sign. I absolutely loved the guy. Um, just oozed class. He was again another player with ice in the veins. Wasn't maybe quite. I, I, don't get me wrong. I know he had a couple of golden boots with Ajax, but um, wasn't quite maybe known just prolifically for scoring goals like Henri was. But Bergkamp had that that touch, that skill, that class, beat a man, had left folk thinking, could take, again, like Gascoigne, like we said earlier on, the ability to take on players, beat them, beat them, beat them, and then finish. I mean, I don't think we need to go much further than his goal against Argentina in 98, and that's still one of the greatest goals I've ever seen, and that absolute drubbing they gave them, and uh, it's kind of every single player, and then just thumped it. Uh, nah, I absolutely love the pick. Uh, Bergkamp, for, for somebody who has absolutely no affiliation to Arsenal whatsoever, Bergkamp is one of my favourites of all time. Yeah, I think the both that goal uh, that you mentioned there, Scott, as well as his uh, goal against Newcastle United, 2002. Oh, yes. Um, that, that was voted the best Premier League goal of all time. Um, in the, That was, I think, the 25-year anniversary of the Premier League. And, yeah, it's just difficult to argue against that, really. Uh, but, Eddie, uh, your thoughts on Dennis Bergkamp? Yeah, what a fantastic talent he was. Again, one of those kind of players that helped bring Arsenal into the new kind of uh, era of the Premier League and uh, just a, an absolute massive signing for, for them when they managed to get him. I think his fear of uh, flying probably held him back a little bit in his career. He was... When he was at Ajax, he was um, a runner-up and a third place in the Ballon d'Or. So at a really young age, you know, he was kind of considered up there as one of the top three players in the world. Went into Milan and then Arsenal. But I think, personally, I think if he didn't have that fear of flying, he would have went even higher. Um, 
he, he would have been at like a, a Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man United, because he just was that level of player, that talent of player. And I think when you're reaching those kind of levels, it's the small things that sometimes hold you back. And I think that's probably the only thing that stopped him. But that being said, you know, Arsenal were a, a really phenomenal team when he was there. So that's not to downplay um, anything that he achieved in his career, won multiple Premier League titles with them, you know, loads of FA Cups. And I just think he was just missing that next step up to have added a few Champions Leagues to his uh, his tally. I don't don't know if he was still at Ajax when uh, they won the Champions League. I don't think he was. I think by that point, he'd already moved on to Inter Milan. Yeah, I mean, you know, his list of accolades goes on and on, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any question how um, how good he was. And I don't think, well, again, it's uh, not the first time he's come up um, on this show either. So, also, um, um, I love the, the choice to go with a tried and tested partnership up front as well, because you, you know that they're going to hit the ground running together. Yeah, it works. It works, so, yeah, stick with it. No, I like this. I, I, I like that a few of these players have actually played together already as well. But, um, yeah, as we discussed earlier, um, you've got Graham Sooners in there to uh, kind of get all these boys together and playing well. One play, point. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so right. What I'll, what I'll do, you know, I'm not going to award any points for this, but Tom's given us, aside from obviously Sooners in there as the player manager, we've got... Five subs that Tom's picked. Um, I haven't gone and found some clues for these. So just based on the team, based on, you know, kind of your feel for Tom so far, I'll give you both three guesses. Um, try and get some of these subs. I'm happy if you want to overlap here as well. There's literally nothing at stake here beyond, you know, pride. OK, so to restore a bit of my pride, can I just say positions? Because I don't want to guess a goalkeeper if there's not a goalie in there or somewhere. I mean, just... He's, he's the positions and we'll, we'll do our best. Okay. What do you think, Tom? <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, we can go with that. So you've got one centre forward, one defender, and three midfielders. All right, Scott, I'll let you have first crack as you're, you know, in the in you know you're from a losing position here, and then you didn't have second crack. Is that the right way round or? It doesn't matter. We're not getting points for them anyway, so it's fine. I'll take Sunis sure. as a midfielder for player manager. He's not. He's not in this list of subs. He's not in this. All oh, right, just a separate list. Fuck. Right yeah. Right. So there's six in total if you're including Sunis, but we've already got him, so he's out. So setting Sunis aside, you've still got those three midfielders, the defender and the striker. What about Mark Overmars? Well, give me your three guesses, and then we'll take it from there. All right, okay. Um, actually, did Overmars play in Italy? I don't know. Don't think he did actually. Yeah, I think um, all of these hold up with your um, your rules, don't they, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna withdraw Overmars. I don't think he played in Italy. Crespo. Um. Oh, this is really hard. David Platt. And Ray Wilkins. All right, Scott. Um, take your shot, mate. 
I'm going to overlap with Crespo as a centre forward, but I'm going to go midfielder Davids and defender Reisiger. Did it have to be Premier League? Because did Davids play in the Premier League? Palace and Spurs. Ah, uh, okay. I was going to guess him, and then I could only think of him playing for that lower league English team. They, they, they didn't say they didn't say he needed to be good when he was in the Premier League or good when he was in that <laughs> league. <laughs> yeah, just that they played in the Premier League. Uh, well, the good news is that that uh, last five minutes or so was utterly pointless because you didn't get any of them right. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Not even Ray Wilkins. That's no, I'm, I'm sorry, no. Uh, yeah, Tom, take us through your uh, your subs bench right quick. Right, so we'll go for centre forward, Klinsman. Inter and Spurs. Thought, you know, uh, is it goalposter extraordinaire? So, yeah, a good foil to re- to replace Bergkamp. Midfield, I looked at Hullet because I could I could replace Bogard and place put Hullet to hold the midfielder in front in, in front of the defence. Marco you should Mat- replace Bogard and put Hullet as a holding <laughs> midfielder in front of the defence. <laughs> uh, Marco Materazzi, obviously. Um, Zidane, Zidane's best mate Did, didn't do much at Everton but you know a, a, a solid centre half if nothing else Why? Yeah. Uh, Beckham golden, golden balls himself obviously Man United and Man United and AC Milan yeah he would have been a returning uh, guest here as well yeah yeah. and finally Michael Essien just sat, sat in the midfield just done, mm. done, done the work Unspectacular, but yeah, you, you just you just done it, made made it tick. Some good subs there, actually. There's a few uh, that I wouldn't have been surprised to see in the starting lineup either, actually. So yeah, uh, um, it's good choices. Um, I think Beckham is probably the highlight for me in there, just because I remember him probably the best and enjoyed watching him play when I was younger. But uh, it's nice to see who it included. He's a player that we don't always think about that much these days but actually late 80s early 90s he was one of those real real world class players as well so yeah i like his subs bench as well some some good choices there one you've missed out who you probably could have included again didn't have the best time in england but andre shevchenko he would have fitted in with your rules yeah yeah i mean i mean i've got to give an honorable mention to, to johnny john charles as well going way back to you know sort of um i think just just after the war you know, a, f- a fantastic uh, Welshman actually, wasn't he? But a very, very good defender. Oh, you've embarrassed me here, Tom. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Before he was he was, he was considered, but my knowledge of my knowledge of the sort of uh, you know that 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 era isn't really good enough. So I'd have embarrassed myself, but he was considered. And yeah, Scott, how about you? Uh, your thoughts on the uh, subs bench here? Uh, quick sum up. Uh, Hullet, I clearly picked the wrong guy with dreadlocks. Um, Jurgen Klinsmann, love him so good. He had a he's got his own celebration named after him. Materazzi has come up quite a bit, by the way. I'm I'm intrigued to see if he's one of our most picked centre half because I think that's maybe the fourth time he's come up this season. Um, I think he is our most picked centre half because that's Tom, um, Marco Negri. Did David Edgar pick Lange him? Well? Picked him, and I think David Edgar, yeah. Yeah, so it might be the fourth time he's come up. Um, Michael Essien, yeah, that's, that was a great shout, by the way. I, I completely went under the radar for me, but no, excellent, excellent shout. Uh, nah, I'm the opposite. I didn't like Beckham. Still don't like him. Just <sighs> fame before football for me. Um, Honourable mentions. 
like you said, obviously we said soonest. Uh, the only other one that I was really thinking of uh, was Rushy, um, another Welshman, funnily enough, Eddie, um, who famously quoted that playing for Juventus, it was like playing football in a foreign country, but <laughs> no. <laughs> Apart from that, that was that was that's that's some bench that I can't I can't believe that we've forgot about the likes of Hulot. Like and it, again it, it shows you how far guys like Matarazzi go under some folks' radar, but really especially when you hear it for like an ex pro that played with him um and against him. Uh, my and Marco Negri saying what a player he was and you do look back at the career and you're like, you know what, what a player so I think, I think I'm going to be having Matarazzi up my sleeve for quite a while now. Finally. <laughs> no, Tom, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure going through this list of uh, players that you've got here. Um, some new names, some familiar names as well. Um, it's been great. Um, but let me go through and just thank my co-hosts first. Uh, Scott, a pleasure to have you on again, mate. My pleasure as always. A bit of an absolute hammering tonight, so congratulations to Eddie. Um, but thanks to yourself, Andrew, and a great team, Tom. Thanks very much, mate. Yeah, 6 3 on the night, Scott. It's a hard one to take. Um, but yeah, we, we'll see where we are at the end of the season, you know. It's still, you know, still still plenty to play for. Fucking yes, um, <laughs> And uh, Idi, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. No, thanks to you guys. It's uh, it's always a real joy to come on and, and record one of these pods. It's just fun talking about these players, and Tom's provided us with an absolute belter of a team to talk through, so it's been a, a really good one uh, tonight. And It's not um, coloured by the fact that I've won tonight's quiz either, but that's always nice to walk away with a victory too. Yeah, always helps, always helps, right? Uh, Tom, again, thanks a million for coming on. Um, really appreciate it. Thank you for this team as well. And uh, yeah, it's it's been great going through this. Um, so thank you very much. Man. No, thank you. I've I've I really enjoyed it. So yeah, but, but the the research was 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 fun. Just having to you know, going back remembering what I could remember about the players. Bit a bit of YouTube watching as well. So yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Can we just say extra kudos to Tom for the whole. This play, these players have both played in the Serie A and the the EPL. I mean, that's that that's that's some clever clever teamwork there. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you know, this is this has been good because every single person who we've had on has never just picked just straight up their world the best world eleven, right? Everyone's had their own kind of little spin that they want. Do you remember the first? Do you remember the first one? Um, who did we have on first? Chris McMahon. Oh Christ, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I tried to not to think about talking to Chris really, which is fun because I'm on podcast with him. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, I remember Louch doing, you know, his bastards eleven. I remember Negri doing, you know, what felt like just every play he'd ever played with, um, and Edgar imposing on himself he couldn't have any Rangers players, which, you know, made sense because I think there's a good few that would have got mentioned here, right? I, th- I think as well as that, we kind of forget uh, big big Snake Derek giving us uh, his sentimental 11. Yeah. That was a good one as well. We've had some great, great episodes coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so yeah i mean again thanks to everyone for uh, for taking part um you know as we've alluded to there we've uh, we've always covered a wide range of uh, teams in the uh, in the previous episode so please do go back and check them out um thank you again to everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time bye bye